Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Indeed a pleasure and actually an honour to be able to share God's word uh, this morning. And uh, thanks to guys for leading us so well uh, in worship. I'm a bit concerned about what Stephen said about the, the old times being 18 months ago. So where does that leave those of us who were born in the 1970s or before? I don't know. That's uh, old time. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Bless you. I don't know if you'll pray for you later on because you need it. Yeah. Ageism already. Now, it's, it's really good. Obviously, we've had the... Um, this is probably coming to the, the end of the, the series of summer uh, in, in the Psalms. It's been a great series. The Psalms are a, a great... It's a great book in the Bible. It's right in the middle of the Bible. It's easy to find. It's easy to access. Uh, and lots of good things... In the Psalms, you'll find Psalms that are cheerful, you'll find Psalms that are, that, are, that are painful, you'll find Psalms full of doubting, you'll find Psalms full of praising, of reassurance, of, of searching, you'll find Psalms full of rejoicing, uh, and also sometimes you'll find Psalms that are very uh, in instruction as well. So the Psalms is just a great variety of books, uh, of chapters in there, and so it's somewhere in the Psalms, and uh, oh, We've had a change of uh, picture there. Entirely, entirely purposeful. I'm about to do something that I've never, ever done in my life. Okay, never. In September, I have never done this. So for the purpose of the podcast, if Steve Richardson's listening, we've got Christmas trees on the screen. It is 114 days until Christmas. Right? Okay, so my wife is not here, so she's not fainted. But I have mentioned the Christmas word in September, which I've never done before. However, it leads me nicely on to um, the psalm I'm going to uh, just open out for you today. I've got uh, in my bag, I mentioned Christmas, haven't I? So I have. I have a Christmas present. How about that? Already. And it's wrapped by myself. Are you, are you impressed with that? Very good. Let's see uh, who it's for. Oh, it's to me. It's to Andrew. Happy Christmas. Love from mum and dad. Right, excellent. Excellent. I'm going to open it now. If that, is, that, is that all right? I know it's not Christmas yet, but I'm going to open it now just to uh, see. I wrapped it well. My granddad used to wrap presents so tightly, you really couldn't get in them. It's a Bible. And as you can see from the state of it, it's not actually a new Bible. And if I just open up the inside, it says to Andrew David Richardson. So you go, that's my full name. That's my Sunday name, my Christmas name. Christmas 1983. Back to those old times there, Stephen. <laughs> and for those of you trying to work out how old I am, I was 11 in 1983. It says from mum and dad, with much love. Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. I've got music as well. Sounds like a phone. Psalm 119 is a psalm I'm going to choose as my favorite psalm this morning. It's, it's, the reason I chose it, because it is in the front of this Bible. My dad is no longer with us, unfortunately, um, but my mum very much is. And that's why I thought I'd wrap this up again for Christmas, 1983. Perhaps, no, not perhaps, without doubt, the best present I ever received. This book is so important. What is within it is so useful for life every single day. And I thought this morning, I would just share with you Psalm 119, as I've just read. Not a particular line. I'll come to a new line in a minute. You know, 
It is my favorite psalm, one of my, one of my favorite psalms. I've got lots of psalms. I love the psalms. They're, they're great. Like I said, there's all sorts of moods you can just tap into in the psalms. But Psalm 119, as well as being one of my favorite psalms, it's also one of my least favorite psalms. It's Mark Twain who said, it ain't the parts of the Bible I, do under- I don't understand that bother me. It's the parts of the Bible I do understand. And there's sometimes when we read this word, there are things in the front, that's great, that's brilliant. And sometimes you read things, you go, ouch. For, in- for instance, that, that passage of, of Psalm 119, verse 9, it says, how can a young man keep his way pure by paying heed? It's the word of God. You see, Psalm 119 is a very, it's a very instructional psalm. I can almost imagine it's like a classroom where the kids, because it's split into um, around about 22 sections. Each section is eight verses long. The, the, the scholars tell us it's, it's an acrostic psalm because each of these sections starts with the letter of the Jewish alphabet. So Aleph, Beth, Gimel with the AB, Arakum to ABC. And actually, in the Hebrew version, each line of each stanza would start with the letter of the alphabet that they'd applied to it. So it really was an instructional psalm. And I can really imagine, you know, maybe dusty chalkboards and desks and kids just sat down learning Psalm 119 by rote, having to learn it. But also what I like about Psalm 119, one reason it's a great psalm, it is very instructional. In fact, you've got, in the 176 verses, it's got 167 references to either commands, to laws, to decrees, to precepts. So it really is a, a guidebook of how to live. But it's also a very honest psalm. And this is why I like it. Anybody who knows me knows I'm, uh, I'm pretty honest. Hopefully I'm not blunt with it, but I'm, I'm very honest. And what I like what the psalmist does here, it doesn't tell us whether it's David or not, but what the psalmist does is very honest. Because what he tells us is there's a standard. There are laws, there are decrees, and if I keep those decrees, my life will be great. My life will just grow. I will just walk onwards. But also he's honest enough to say, well, actually, there are times I don't pay it enough attention. There are times I don't reach that standard, and that's one of the reasons I like it. That's also one of the reasons I don't like it, because it it points out to me those times that are actually not where perhaps I should be in God. Maybe there are things in my life I just need to have a tweak, have a turnaround, because I'm not working out quite right. But one of my favorite parts of the psalm, I'm not going to read it from here, because this is actually um, King James Version. Um, my favourite verse in the whole psalm is verse 105. It says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Uh, if you know your gospel music, you know Amy Grant had a, had a song out in the 80s. And if you actually Wikipedia Psalm 119, when it talks about musical um, derivations of Psalm 119, Amy Grant is mentioned. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. See, a lamp to your feet points down. So it means when you walk, you can see the path right in front of you. That's a great idea, isn't it? I've been, I've been in Africa, I've been in Kenya, and there are no streetlights. There's absolutely nothing. So I had a very, very good torch. And being a Westerner, I wanted to make sure there's nothing around my feet in the dark that could get me. So that torch was very, very often near my feet. So I didn't stumble, so I didn't trip, so I didn't tread on something. Um, live or dead, that wasn't very nice. You know, so a lamp 
to your feet is very, very useful. But also the psalmist says, and a light to my path. Now, as a younger uh, Christian, I didn't always understand that. Well, I've got a lamp to my feet. What else do I need? But I've come across an illustration I think really will help demonstrate this. The British Army has, a, has an advanced force. They're called the Pathfinders. They started uh, operating in the Second World War, uh, part of the 1st Airborne Division. They're part of the 16th Air Brigade. And their job is very specific. They are the soldiers who go ahead of the soldiers. These boys are dropped deep into enemy territory where there are no other friendly soldiers. And their job is specific. They are going to mark out the drop zone. So the paratroopers, remember the, the paratroopers usually first into battle? They're not. It's the pathfinders who are there first. Because pathfinders will, will leave maybe lights or lanterns or, or on these day and age it can be radio beacons. So paratroopers know where they need to land. The aircraft that are coming in know where they can land because of the pathfinders. You see, the pathfinder goes deep into hostile enemy territory where there are no friends around, where there's seemingly no help. And the Bible says, your word is a lamp to my feet, yes, but also a light to my path. So not only do I know where I'm walking now, I know where I'm going to walk. Whether that's friendly or unfriendly, I know this word, this word will keep me on that path. You know, Bumreed Church is brilliant. You know, I look around, I see friends. Uh, you know, some of you have been Christians for many years. Some of you may be Christians just a few months or a few weeks. And maybe not even a Christian just yet. And Stephen offered the invitation, and we'll repeat that later on. You can come to know Christ this morning. It's a great feeling. But also, church is a safe place. In our latest Arena News, uh, somebody wrote, when I came to Arena, I felt safe. You're right. This morning... We're amongst other Christians. We're singing, we're praising, we're hearing the word. It's a great safe place. It's like a barracks, like an army camp where you, you get to train in. You get to learn how your weapon works. You get to know all your kits that you carry. You get to know what your operational procedures are going to be. But of course, at some point, you're going to have to put those things into action, aren't you? At some point, a soldier is going to have to leave his camp. Sometimes, if he's like the pathfinders, he'll be going with a very small unit into enemy territory, and he's going to go out there and do something that could be extremely dangerous. So the camp's fine. The camp is quite safe. But once you step out the door, it could be a different world entirely. And this is why we need God's word. You see, I've been around long enough, thanks Stephen, I've been around long enough to know that sometimes there are things that come against you. There's going to be people who laugh at what you are just because you are a Christian. It happens now. It happens more now than it ever has done. That on the media, your friends, your work colleagues, wherever it is, people are hostile to this. But there's a good reason for that. This is explosive. You see, when you get hold of this, when you start to read the, the words that are within it, it has got to have an effect on your life. I guarantee you, every single one of you, if you ever pick this book up, it will have an effect on your life in two ways. Either you reject it. Okay, now, I don't believe that. It's complete rubbish. That's an effect. Or you say, actually, yeah, the words in here are true. But the problem with that is, once you say, yeah, this is true, you've got to do something about it. You have to do something about it. And that's why this book... People have tried to ban it. They've burnt it. They've sent people to prison just for having a piece of it. 
Why? Because it's explosive. This is the most dangerous book in the world. I used to work with an old preacher. His name was Stan Hyde. And we loved his, his key catchphrases. One of them was, this is God's highest authority on the earth. This book mirrors my life. It, it shows me, if I open its pages and read it, it shows me who I am. It shows me ways I can change. It shows me what will happen if I don't change. Both signs are in this book. It really will change your life if you get hold of this. And this is what the psalmist understood. It's a lamp to my feet where I'm walking just now, but also in the future. I'm going to know I'm going to need the ammunition that's in here. And that's why people are hostile to it. Because there's a battle on. The Bible says the God of his age has blinded people's eyes. So they won't see the light that is the glory of Christ. And that's that's here. From the first part of Genesis right to Revelation, Jesus has explained, explained, explained. It shows what Jesus will do for you. The, the sacrifice he's going to make on the cross, it's in there. It's all in here. See, it's, it's an explosive piece of literature. But I'm going to help you this morning. I just want to give you three, three variations of, 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 this, of this line where it says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And the first one is, of course, the Bible itself, and I call this the words of God, okay? And you'll see why I'm differentiating in a minute. So the words of God. You see, like I said before, people have tried to ban it. And I can tell you right now, those countries where the Bible has been banned, where, the Bible, where you can be arrested for even owning a piece of it, the church is exploding in a phenomenal way because this book will not be kept down. You know, we're going through a, a period in our own society where where to have absolutes is seen as wrong. But actually, this book is full of absolutes. It tells people it's right. And right now, when I look around, I just see people are confused. I see people who are looking for answers, but they're being told, you won't find it in here. I believe quite firmly, one podcast, I believe quite firmly, the answers to all the world's problems are in this book. Even if you take away, I don't want to be a Christian. I don't believe in Christianity. Well, actually, even the principles the Bible lays down how you live with your fellow man, how you live in community, it's all in here. And quite rightly, tomorrow, if the governments of the world started to believe this as a blueprint for the nations, the world would change around like that absolutely tomorrow. Why? Because it shows you how to treat the poor. It shows you how to treat the hungry. It shows you how to resolve conflict. It shows you how to love your brother, how to love your sister. It shows you how to love your enemy. That's a powerful book. That is really a powerful book. So the words of God are really important. There are, it's a blueprint for our lives. Jesus said in Matthew 7, whoever hears, hears these words of mine and does them is like a person who builds their house upon a rock. It's strong foundations. There is no confusion. Yeah, do I understand it all, even after 40 odd years of being a Christian? No, I don't. Do I still have to work through? Yes, I do. But the principles within this have guided my life, and my mum and dad knew what they were doing when they wrote that word in front of that Bible. Your word have I hid in my heart. Your word have I held in my heart. Your word have I stored in my heart. Your word have I made precious in my heart that I might not sin against you because that's the most important thing. I don't care if I please you guys. I really don't. I care about pleasing God. And God says this is his word. is going to give strong guidance to my life if I apply it. You know, we have to call this food. After the service, we'll have some tea and coffee. That will refresh us. But the idea of food is you, you take food. You digest it, 
and then your body will metabolize it. Metabolize means to bring out the energy that's within that food. And this is a good book. I have to confess, I don't read it. I'm an elder, I'm making a confession here. I don't read it as often as I should. But I also know in those times when I've just hit the buffers, guess which book comes to my rescue? Guess which words are in my heart? And here's some, here's some advice for you. Maybe you're a new Christian, maybe not quite used to reading this yet. There are bits you won't understand. But here's some really good advice. Even if you only read one verse a day and get something from it, it's better than, than reading a whole book and not understanding a word of it. And the way to do that is, before you open this book, ask the Holy Spirit to guide you as you read it. He will. He really will. And it's just a good book. It will hold you in good sense of the words of God, the stuff that's printed in here, the stories, the tales, pointing towards Jesus, pointing towards Jesus' death on the cross, pointing to the prophets, to, to David and the kings and the battles and the, the poetry. It's all in here. And it will guide you. It really will guide you. But of course, the reason it's there, it will guide you into a relationship with Jesus Christ that is eternal, that won't pass away. You know, secondly, just to differentiate, we've got the, words, the word of God. It is true, and Stephen just mentioned this morning in prayer time, as he was praying, he felt God say to him. How many people have heard that before? Where a Christian, I felt God say to me. Now, for some Christians... It's an audible voice. Maybe they, you know, you're doing something, you might hear a voice, you look around, who was that? And God is speaking to you. Maybe it's just something internal where you just know that a path is right and it's the Holy Spirit actually working on you. There are things you used to do before you became a Christian. If you did them now, you'd feel a, that's God speaking to you. Maybe even sermons, maybe even this morning, you're hearing something and it feels like that I've had a window into your world this week. Maybe it feels like that God has given me a little video of what's been going on in your life this week, and here I am speaking about it. I'm not speaking to you. God is speaking to you. I believe quite firmly, the Bible is quite clear, God still speaks today. If you look through the Bible, there are hundreds of references where it says, and the word of the Lord came to Moses. It came to Elijah it came to Elisha, it came to Isaiah, it came to Jacob, it came to so many people. I said, the word of the Lord came to. And still today, God is still speaking. I've got a good friend, a very good friend of mine. He's, he's, a, he's a preacher, that's his job, he, he's full-time. And once he was just in between sort of like ministries, he was just going between a, a various locations, and he needed some cash. He needed to, he needed to, to eat, basically. And he, he volunteered for a friend. He's going to sort out some plastics, you know, recycling. And he, he was, I think it was like double, double glazing frames. And he said he was sat there doing this. And suddenly he heard God speak. It's not the Bible. It's God speaking to him there and then at relationship with Jesus Christ where it says, what are you doing here? Is this what I've called you to? And he was like, well, I need to eat. God said, I'll provide. You're not supposed to be here. So he said, at the end of that day, he said to his friend, look, I can't do this anymore. And God did provide. God did provide the food. He found friends who fed them. He found friends who put them up. God still speaks today. Maybe even this week, you've been walking down the road. You've been sat in a bus. You've been sat in your car. And something just come into your mind. And you go, I really need to do that. That's God speaking. So we've got the words of God written in this book. I've got the word of God where God 
speaks to us. Why would God speak to us? Direction and correction. Because sometimes we need to know where to go, and sometimes we need to reset that sat-nav because we're going off on our own path, and God says, actually, that's not the path I have for you. This is the path I have for you. The Bible says, heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. You see, there become a day where paper no longer exists because the earth will pass away, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. It says in Matthew 4 and verse 4, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It might be what you read. You might be reading something and suddenly a verse just leaps out from the pages. You've heard that old joke where someone's like, I haven't got time for my quiet time this morning. I'll tell you what, I'm going to do random. I'm going to do random Bible. God speak to me today. And Judas went out and hanged himself. Ooh, that's not very good. I'll, I'll try to do another one. Go and do likewise. Now, sadly, there are people who actually live their life, which socks God shall I wear today? That's an extreme. But believe me, I've heard it, okay? I have heard all things. But that's not what it's about. You read the Bible. You've read it a thousand times before. You've read the same verse a thousand times before, and suddenly something new comes into you. See, God still speaks today. And it's fantastic that it does. One of the saddest verses in the Bible is in Samuel where it says the word of God was rare in those days. Oh, that gets me there every time. I don't ever want a position in my life where God has stopped speaking to me. I really do not want that. And Samuel, in response, in the same chapter says, speak, Lord, because your servant is listening. So right there and then, God was able to just intervene in the situation. Now, here's, here's a bit of honesty for you. Sometimes you might come into a meeting and your heart is such a God, please, God, just... Just, just speak to me. Just speak to me. I really need to, you to speak to me today. I've got a situation that's really getting me down. Will you speak to me? Do you know what God does? God does come speak to you. But also, here's the honesty back. Remember Psalm 119, very honest? There's sometimes you go, okay, God, speak to me. You know, I've got a few laughs around the room. You know, um, you know where I'm coming from. God, go and speak to me then. Happened to me recently, actually. I was in that sort of mood. Went to a meeting. Come on, then, God. Speak to me. Do you know what? He did. Well, first of all, he put my attitude right. But he spoke to me. Because God is faithful. I don't ever want that time when God stops speaking. And this morning, I just felt strongly there are situations in life where you say, God, I want to move, I want to do this, I want to do that. Maybe it's a job application. Maybe you've been looking for a new job and you've been applying, you've been applying, and you've been applying, but nothing's happening. Maybe. God is just saying to you, well, actually, I've put you here for a reason. I've put you here so you can be salt and light in the place where you're at. And if that's for you this morning, I'd love to pray for you afterwards. Because I really feel strongly, somebody here today who is just in that situation where you keep thinking, nothing's happening, God. I keep praying, I keep praying, I can't push through this door. And God's saying, no, because the door's closed. I want you to stay. I want you to be the best, the most fruitful that you can ever be right in this position. position. Who knows, God may move you on further eventually but right now God is saying I want you to be fruitful where you are if that's you this morning I'm more than happy to pray for you after the, the service but like I had advice on on point one I've got advice on point two as well right golden rule if you think God has spoken to you right it's all good but if it's contrary to what's written in the bible 
or the Bible does not support it, I can tell you unequivocally, 100%, God has not spoken. Because the Bible says, even if an angel comes to you with a gospel that is different to this, you are to ignore it. Right, even the words I've said to you this morning, right, you might say, oh, Andy, that was a great preach, rubbish preach. Uh, I was bored, I fell asleep halfway through. However, whatever I've said today, check the book. Am I saying what is true? And if I'm not, it's up to you. My responsibility is to speak from here what God has given me, but it's your responsibility to take this book and to check it. So that's a golden rule. If the Bible doesn't back it, as a song used to say, it seems quite clear, maybe it was the devil who whispered in your ear. Okay, a trite rhyme, very, very true. If this doesn't back up what the word God is speaking to you, it ain't the word of God. Is that all right, guys? Don't want to be offensive, but it is, it is so true. And of course, look at this psalm. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. It wouldn't be complete if I didn't mention the word. In John chapter 1, that's Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. And then verse 14, in John chapter 1, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Do you know, when I'm in that enemy territory, when I'm looking at the path ahead, I've got this. This is brilliant. I've got God speaking to me. But more than that, I have the word, Jesus Christ, who has gone before me and is illuminating the path ahead of me. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. See, Jesus is our pathfinder. Jesus is the one who's gone before. Jesus is the one who's gone deep, deep, deep into enemy territory for you, for me. That's what he did. He is our pathfinder. The Bible says God will make a way. We sang it this morning. God makes a way when there seems to be in the way. In the Psalms, Psalm 139, it says, even the darkness is light to you. See, you might think you're in a real dark place. God can see right through. Because the Bible says that even darkness is light to God. See, Jesus has gone before. C.S. Lewis, he wrote the, uh, the Narnia series, and he wrote lots of books. He, he made a great statement. He says, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen. Not only because I see it, but by it, I see everything else. You see, when I'm working, when I'm with my colleagues who aren't Christians, uh, the podcast is going out, any one of them could listen to this. My whole life is colored by what I see of Christ. Everything I do, every step I make is colored by what the, these words I've read in this book. Everything I do as I walk. You see, I work in the medical field. My company produces operating lights. So if you're unfortunate enough to find my products, it's not a good place to be. But these operating lights are made for one reason only, not just provide illumination. But when the surgeon looks into that body cavity, he wants to be able to distinguish between various structures. So those lights are very, very cleverly designed. But the surgeon, when he's looking, he can see exactly what he needs to see. And when you apply the light of Christ to your life, you will see things exactly the way they should see. For instance, you might see somebody who you think is a horrible person. But actually, when you apply the light of Christ in that situation, you see a person that God loves deeply. You might see somebody with a life-controlling habit that really needs to break free. You might think, well, it's their own fault. They've gone into that in their own way. When you apply the light of Christ, you apply his light, you see this person really, 
needs to be set free. Maybe you see somebody lonely. Apply the light of Christ. They need a friend. It's not all about me, is it? It's not all about you. It's about what we do together. Remember I said? Principles for living together as community. But the best thing you can do is apply Christ's light into that situation. His lamp, his light to make a change to those who live around us. You know, drawing to a close after the band come up for me, if that's great. Darkness is just the absence of light. The moment I put a little light in a dark room, the darkness is pushed back because the light will always, always take precedence. And I'll ask you this morning, have you found the light? Have you seen the light? I'm not being trite with that phrase, but have you seen the light this morning? Maybe you, you've had the light on, but right now it's a little bit dim. Maybe this morning you've gone, actually, I don't have that light, but Andy, you're describing some, something to me that I really need. If you've never committed your life to Christ, right now, this is the moment. You can do it. If you say, Andy, look, I'm walking by myself. I have not applied what you said. But this morning, you can make that change. Just bow our heads while the guys just quietly pray. See, the things in this book, not one single thing in this book will harm you. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. And if you'd like to make Jesus your friend this morning, if you'd like to ask him to come into your heart, in fact, that Jesus says, he who is in me. Let's just pray. And if that's you this morning, I'm going to pray a specific prayer. So Lord Jesus, I know that you are real. I know this word is real. That it demands action. And rather than rejecting this morning, I choose to accept the words of God. And Jesus, I know that you died for me. I know that you died to take away all the wrong things that I've ever done. And I know that the plans you have for me are plans to prosper me and plans for a future, plans for a hope. So right now, Lord Jesus, I commit my life to you and ask that you will just wash away all of my sin and help me to live for you day by day. If that's you this morning, Please, if you said that prayer, please go to the prayer point and let them know. The prayer point's to my, to my left, to the back. If you need prayer this morning because you know that things have just gone a little bit crazy in your life and you've stopped allowing the lamp to light your path, go to the prayer point. The guys will be there waiting for you. They will pray with you. But I want to pray with you myself just now as well. So, Father, thank you for your word. We thank you for the written word. Lord, we thank you that you still speak to us today by your Holy Spirit. And we thank you that you sent the word, Jesus Christ, to make a way for us. We might just enter in and find true, eternal relationship with you. Bless you, Lord. Amen.